Could family genetics be a reason that no matter what we try, we still can't lose the fat and inches from our problem areas? To learn more, we spoke to Dr. Brian Strand from Sonobello. While some people can eat everything and stay thin, others diet and exercise daily and still pack on fat and inches to their problem areas. It's not your fault. It can be genetics. If you struggle to lose the fat from your tummy, love handles, thighs, and back, you're likely battling your family genetics. The good news is we have an answer. Sonobello uses a remarkable technique called microlaser fat removal. In one comfortable visit, the fat in your hardest places to lose is gone permanently. Stop wrestling with your family genes and lose the fat permanently. And right now, you can save $250. The results are life-changing. Do this for you. Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere. 24-7-365. Hi, Curious Minds. This is Dr. Bernie Biden, MD, host of Connecting with Coincidence. This is the only radio show in the world dedicated to the study of coincidences, synchronicity, and serendipity. We are coming to you through X-Zone Radio, located in Hamilton, Ontario, and broadcasting all over the world. I'm a psychiatrist. I help people with medications and psychotherapy. I work in both the brain and the mind. Also, in my junior year of high school, I won a batting title. In my junior year in college, I was fourth in the nation for small college base stealing. I tell you some of my sports exploits to let you know that I am goal-oriented and practical. And when it comes to base stealing, timing is so important. I've got to keep an eye on the pitcher. I've got to get just the right distance from first base so that I have enough of a lead so I can make it to second, and then i got to pick that right moment to go. As with stealing bases, timing is a vital aspect of coincidences. We all need to be sensitive to how timing plays such an important role in the development of coincidences. So welcome to CC with BB. Synchronicity is spoken here. I am here to promote the study of coincidences. As you listen to me, you will see more coincidences. That's what I do. I'm on this planet to increase your coincidence awareness and show you how to think about using them to benefit your life and to expand your understanding of the nature of reality. So come ride with me. We will journey on the learning entertainment interface here at Earth University. We are all here to learn. We are here to improve something. 
we are all very unique and we must tailor our learning to our unique time space position. No one is where you are right now. Let's loosen your minds with a mind exercise. One, two, one, two, one, two. Let's stretch your curious mind with a stanza again from The Jabberwocky by Lewis Carroll, written in Through the Looking Glass and what Alice found there. By going through the looking glasses of coincidences, we will find strange and new adventures that will allow us to understand just why we are here and what we are doing. And Alice found some wondrous tales. One of them, so well known, was that Jabberwocky. Sing it along with me or say it along with me, that first stanza that so many of us know. "'Twas brillig and the slithy toes did gyre and gimble in the wabe. All mimsy were the bora groves and the momras outgrabe." The story goes on, but we'll stop at this stanza. The poem is called a nonsense poem, yet it does make sense. To people who think that coincidences are just probability, just chance, Coincidences are nonsense. They make no sense. To those of you who believe in God or the universe as the source of coincidences, you know there is meaning in coincidences. There is meaning in the nonsense of the Jabberwock. What is that meaning? There's a pond. There's some plants. There's a few animals gyring and gimbling in the wave, the wave, the water. We will take apart coincidences, just as I am starting to do with the Jabberwocky, and we can do with future stanzas of the Jabberwocky. Remember that coincidences are the arrows that pierce the web of ordinary reality, that web of Maya. And coincidences sometimes play causal roles, show us that there are causes that we have not yet figured out. When we look at coincidences, probability has a role to play in our understanding. Mystery, though, imbues our coincidences with wonder. I look first, when I look for causes, at common everyday reality for explanations. In last week's show, we ended with a story about a woman writing in a newspaper on the west coast of Florida, USA. Nancy Laughlin was running a marathon and hid a plastic bag of a dead friend's ashes in the sleeve of her shirt. And we will find yet more reasons to understand that one. host of Dialogue with Divinity on the X-Zone Broadcast Network. While walking along Kanapali Beach in Maui this past year, I kept discovering all these shells and coral in the shape of hearts. My Dialogue with Divinity was very simple. Do you want me to do a retreat to heal people's hearts in Maui next year? And of course, the answer was yes. As a master spiritual teacher, I am offering you a neat retreat called RISE, May 8th through the 12th, 2017, and the chance of a lifetime to rest at a five-star resort for five days and experience a spiritual renewal of your heart and soul. 
Kanapali is one of the top five beaches in the world. This stunning resort has undergone a $40 million renovation. I walked the entire property, checked out the room choices on your behalf, and I must say it is stunning. Our conference room faces the ocean with sliding glass doors. Maui is known as Mother Maui because it is a soft, gentle, healing energy. In the embrace of Mother Maui, you will feel yourself rising from the limitations of an ordinary life to an extraordinary journey of peace, bliss, and harmony, a greater sense of clarity. Our rise retreat ignites renewal in the sacred elements of air, water, earth, fire, and wind. There's plenty of free time to enjoy all that Maui has to offer. A small deposit is required now to reserve your space as this retreat, it will sell out. For more details, please go to johannacarroll.com and register today. Aloha, and I'll see you in mystical Maui. How would you like to be able to read other people's minds? Well, the next best thing is here. When you know how to read a person's name, you know how the person thinks, feels, and behaves. Each letter in our name holds a key to unlock our true essence. Our name contains both our gifts and challenges in this lifetime. Nemology Science discovers personality secrets hidden in the placement of the letters of our names, including the first and last impression people remember about us. Sharon shows us how to interpret the arrangement of letters as outlined in her book, Know the Name, Know the Person. Sharon Lynn Wyeth created Nemology Science after 18 years of research and testing her theories and has supported thousands of people around the world in understanding themselves and others better. You'll enjoy Sharon's unique teachings as she shares her system to learn the gifts behind your given birth name. Even if you don't like your birth name, there are jewels in this book. If you're thinking of changing your name, ready to name your child, or wanting to get along better with others, this is the book for you. If you'd like to improve your relationships and change your life for the better, get the book today. Know the name, know the person. Or visit www.knowthename.com. That's www.knowthename.com. In our last segment, we were talking about a woman running a race, and in her sleeve of her shirt, she had ashes that she wanted to sprinkle to remember her friend who wanted to be a long-distance runner. When she took the ashes out and scattered them at mile three, she looked up and noticed a woman had put up a sign saying Julia. That sign was this name of her friend. The impact on Nancy was tremendous. Here she was trying to remember her friend and there was a sign commemorating her friend's name. How did that happen? Looking at the simplest explanations, we start with. The simplest explanation involves something that we understand from common science and conventional wisdom. We have ocular saccades, that is the ability for our eyes to move back and forth side to side, just as we see in rapid eye movements during sleep that signify dreaming. Your eyes are moving side to side now even though you don't know them. And they're picking up information. And there was Nancy running along on her marathon with her eyes scanning subconsciously, probably picking up subconsciously the sign that said Julia. And at that moment, dropping the ashes without knowing why. That's a simple explanation. One that we can base in modern science. But what we can't answer is why was that sign there? Why was it being flashed along that route that day? There's mystery in there, and it's the mystery that intrigues us. 
we need to know more about the woman with the sign and why she was there. Other coincidences can also be explained by ocular saccades, as I've mentioned with Nancy. But it's kind of funny to listen to how that might happen when we want to be able to use other explanations. I had a patient who described himself as being guided by angels. He used the following experience to support his belief. I was high on weed, he told me, really high. I got in my car and I started to drive down this narrow street with cars parked on either side with a narrow margin for error as I drove. Suddenly, without knowing why, I slammed my foot on the brake pedal. I looked up from the shock of the quick stop, and I saw a child run right in front of my now-stopped car. We all have that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast, but the rest of us sleep in. This is your sign to thank them. And if you're that friend... This is us saying, thank you. Now get a sausage McMuffin, sausage biscuit, sausage burrito, or hash browns. Choose two for $2.50. Enjoy a large iced coffee for just $2. Price of participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. With no fees or minimums and no overdraft fees, banking with Capital One is the easiest decision in the history of decisions. Even easier than choosing Charles Barkley in a pickup game. We'll take Barkley. Ha! First pick! Sorry, kids! Yep, even easier than that. With no fees or minimums and no overdraft fees, is it even a decision? Okay, here's the plan. Pass me the ball every time. This is banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank for details. Capital One and a member FDIC. Had I not slammed on the brakes, I would have hit the child and ruined my future. He sat back satisfied with himself and his heavenly help. When I offered a different explanation, the one grounded in brain science, the ocular saccades that I've mentioned, he didn't like it. I told him that information comes through the eyes and is rooted in two different circuits, a fast one and a slow one. The slower one goes through the occipital cortex, the visual cortex in the back of your brain, and then is analyzed for identification and significance. The faster route goes to the amygdala, that almond-shaped structure deep inside your brain, which is best known for its role in fear reactions. If a person is afraid of snakes and sees something on the ground that looks like one of the amygdala's trigger and fire response, gets you out of there fast without you having to think about it. The slower circuit goes through your visual cortex, analyzes the thing on the ground, and later tells you, oh, come on, Bernie, that was just a stick, just a gnarled stick that looked like a snake. But, of course, it's better to run and ask questions later than to have stuck around and having, having possibly being bitten by a snake. The same was true of my patient. His foot hit the brake before he consciously recognized the perilous situation he was about to face. He was saved not only by an angel, he thought. It was the angel of his amygdala and the circuitry of his brain. But there are always other possibilities. And the idea of angels being around, even for him, for the timing of what happened, we have to consider mystery in all of this. One of the wonderful things that happens with coincidences is that they help us with psychological change. I'm a therapist. I'm a psychiatrist who does psychotherapy. I try to help people change their lives for, their, for the better, as I am hoping these coincidence stories will help you. In the last episode, I told you about my relationship with my dog, Snapper, and how I, for me, as an eight-year-old boy, miraculously found him after he got lost. That story has stayed with me and has set a paradigm for my understanding of what I call human GPS, our ability to find our ways to places where we find people, things, or ideas that are useful and necessary for us. 
another coincidence was very, very much important in the formation of my interest in coincidences. It happened in San Francisco on February 26th, 1973, the day before my 31st birthday. I was standing at a sink in an old Victorian house in the Fillmore District of San Francisco. It was 11 p.m. on February 26th. In front of that sink, I was choking uncontrollably. There was something stuck in my throat, something stuck in my throat. I couldn't get it out. What was it? I didn't know. I hadn't eaten anything. Choking, choking, choking. I couldn't get it out. And then after what seemed like a very long time, the choking stopped. The next day was my birthday, February 27th. My brother called. My brother called to tell me that our father had died in Wilmington, Delaware, 3,000 miles away from San Francisco. He had died at 2 a.m., in Wilmington, Delaware. 2 a.m. in Wilmington was 11 p.m. in San Francisco. I had been choking as my father was choking. My father had choked to death on his own blood. He had bled into his throat. He had choked on his own blood. And as he was choking on his own blood, I was uncontrollably choking over a sink in a Victorian house in San Francisco. And it happened on my birthday. He died on my birthday. Probability tells us there's one out of 365 possibilities that someone will die on your birthday. But when it happens, particularly when it happens like this, it stays with you and it stayed with me. Because what it told me was that my father was saying to me, Bernie, remember me, remember me. And in telling you this story and telling you about him and me and choking, I am remembering my father once again. This story meant a lot to me personally, but I am also a scientist. And as a scientist doing psychotherapy and giving medications to people, I have to wonder, is this just a single case? Is this just an anecdote that never happens? And I know enough to make the guess that other people have had experiences like this. So I set about trying to figure out if that were true. And I searched around and found a book by Ian Stevenson, a psychiatrist once at the University of Virginia, where I am, who had written a book called Telepathic Impressions. In this book, Stevenson wrote about people having experiences very similar to the one I had with my father, where they experienced a pain, a discomfort, an emotion that was terrible that they then found out was being experienced around the same time as a loved one. In some of these experiences, the person actually knew who the person who experienced the pain at a distance of this loved one knew that the loved one was in trouble. For example, a woman was visiting a neighbor and suddenly had a terrible terrible feeling of doom come over her and she knew that it was her husband in trouble she rushed back to her house and her husband was having a heart attack her quick action allowed her husband to be saved I didn't know until my brother told me so there are a variety of ways in which people experience the pain of a loved one at a distance And sometimes it's consciously aware, and sometimes they have to find out later. I've given this experience a name. 
I call it simulpathity. Simulpathity comes from two words, simul meaning at the same time, and pathity having to do with emotion or pain or feeling. Ironically, the word telepathy in its original definition meant the same thing. Tele, at a distance, pathy, feeling, pain. But as we know, telepathy has become much more cognitive, much more a word about ideas and images being transmitted between people. I had an experience in which I knew now that I was connected to my father in a way that I had never, ever really known. Simulpathity illustrates connections beyond regular reality. While I look at saccades and normal science, conventional science for explanations for coincidences, I also look outside. I look for other explanations when ordinary science doesn't really do it. And when it comes to simulpathity, telepathy and similar experiences, similar ideas have to come into the fore to help explain how these things happen. I wanted to further understand this, and I'll tell you how I further went into understanding in our next segment. But if you want to know more about connecting with coincidence with Dr. Bernie Biteman, MD, just put into your search engine connecting with coincidences. And what you will find is my website, YouTube connections, and my Facebook page. While science pursues fact, magic accesses the quantum level, bridging random facts to form truth. As long as science and magic remain separate and polarized, the truth cannot be known. I'm Gwilda Wiecka. Join me on the Science of Magic radio program, dedicated to unification and evolution of consciousness. During each episode, I'll be speaking with experienced and respected scientists and mystics. From astrologers to astronomers, from medical doctors to shaman, the scientific method to dowsing and intuition, we'll weave together information from seemingly divergent practices to promote unity and enlightenment. Join me, Gwilda Wiyaka, and the Science of Magic right here on the Mutual Broadcast Network. For more information, visit www.thescienceofmagic.net. Gibbs A. Williams, Ph.D., is a practicing psychoanalyst, supervisor, researcher, and author in New York City. Much of his life has been dedicated to understanding nature and the uses of meaningful coincidences or synchronicities. His radical and original non-Jungian, non-mystical, non-magical theory of synchronicities illuminates much of the fog surrounding this challenging and perplexing topic. His ideas and manners are fresh, presented in a style that is both entertaining and highly informative. He is also an expert on crisis intervention, specially focused on violence reduction for the police and citizens, mastering anxiety, frustration, and stress without the use of medication, and effectively preventing and treating heroin addiction. Dr. Williams can be contacted at his email address at gwwilliamsny11 at aol.com or visit his website at... Wouldn't you love to know the secret to everything? Well then, meet Dr. Kimberly McGeorge and her cutting-edge breakthrough knowledge that combines science with possibility. Dr. Kimberly brings real-life answers and healing to those open to alternative solutions. She teaches solution-based programs and classes that will change all areas of your life forever. Specializing in conscious creation, intuitive readings, and energy medicine, 
you can rapidly shift health, relationships, business, and money and abundance challenges quickly. Receive her best-selling book, Secret to Everything, at no cost by going to secrettoeverything.com forward slash xzone. That's right. Transformation can start now. Just go to secrettoeverything.com forward slash xzone and receive Dr. Kimberly's book for free. Afterlife expert Roberta Grimes was the first one to say that dying can be fun. Now her best-selling book, The Fun of Dying, is available in stores worldwide. So if you wonder whether death ends life, how it feels to die, or what heaven might be like, The Fun of Dying was written for you. And if you have always been afraid of death, or if you worry that your life is no meaning, let The Fun of Dying ease your fears and bring new meaning to your life. Nothing said in The Fun of Dying is based on the teachings of any religion. Instead, Roberta draws on evidence to explain how death happens, how it feels, and what comes next. A lot of the best death-related evidence was produced in the first half of the 20th century. When it is put together with recent discoveries, it tells a consistent and amazing story. Roberta Grimes blogs and answers questions at robertagrimes.com. Her wonderful book, The Fun of Dying. Welcome back to Connecting with Coincidences with Dr. Bernie Beitman. In our last segment, I'm, I, want to inter, I wanted to introduce you to the Weird Coincidence Survey. The Weird Coincidence Survey was my attempt to understand how common coincidences are in everybody's lives. And one of the ways to find out, I thought, was to ask people. I gathered a group of researchers and we came up with the Weird Coincidence Survey, which is available on my website, Coincider.com. And you can take it to see just how sensitive you are to coincidences. One of the questions in the Weird Coincidence Survey is, do you experience the pain or distress of a loved one at a distance? Many people said occasionally to that. It was another confirmation to what Ian Stevenson had described in his book, Telepathic Impressions, and what I experienced with choking with my father, which means that you are having experiences of the pain of a loved one at a distance, and sometimes you know it and sometimes you don't. When people have these experiences, they sometimes don't tell anybody because it seems too weird. What I'm trying to do is suggest to you that these weird coincidences are much more common than anybody has thought about believing, and that by talking about them with friends, you'll find that other people have experiences like yours, like simulpathy. And in doing so, a world will open up to you, a world in which you will see we are far more connected than we realize. It's commonly said that Everything's connected and people are very much connected with each other. But I want to be able to help us define how that works. We are more connected to loved ones and close friends, and that's where the simulpathy is more likely to take place, than people we don't know very well, although it happens with people we don't know very well also. These connections go through some kind of mechanism I call the psychosphere our mental atmosphere. We breathe in oxygen, we breathe out carbon dioxide, we breathe in energy and information, we breathe out energy and information. We put out stuff, it comes back to us. And some of these are dramatic and simulpathy is a great example of that. Another variation on the usefulness of coincidences is psychological change. Coincidences, as Jung was one of the first to point out, help us with psychological change. There are many different ways through which coincidences can do this, and I will illustrate that with two stories from two people that I know. 
One is a person named Lindsay. And how did Lindsay get into a coincidence story with me? Well, I went from a, a large party across the street in downtown Charlottesville over to a, a tea bazaar, a place to get some, some tea in bulk. Great tea in this place. Very nice, fun place to visit with good music. And in the kind of darkened atmosphere, Lindsay behind the counter was getting my tea prepared, weighed and bagged. I liked the way she talked and just listened absent-mindedly to her. And as I left and paid, I thought maybe she would be interested in coincidences and handed her one of my coincidence cards. A couple of days later, I received an email from her and we emailed back and forth and what she was looking for was a psychiatrist. And I've never had a person ask me to be her psychiatrist in just this way. It's kind of like getting picked up out of a crowd. I was a little embarrassed by it, had to talk to friends about it. But Lindsay and I started a psychotherapeutic psychiatric relationship. And it turned out to be very, very helpful for her. She had an undiagnosed bipolar disorder. I was able to help her put on start with bipolar meds, and she had a number of interpersonal psychological problems that needed to be addressed as well. We are still uh, meeting, and she is still benefiting from the treatment. She sees the opportunity. Coincidences just don't happen a lot of times. We can make them happen, and we, we talk about this idea of creating our own realities. Here is a beautiful example of creating our own realities. It's nothing mysterious. Lindsay followed her intuition. And I had followed a simple feeling. And Lindsay picked up on my feeling in the card and followed up. A friend of mine calls this a non-moving violation. She didn't not move. <laughs> she did not not move. She moved. Ask the question. When your intuition tells you there may be something in this person that you are now talking with or have just met that can help you, ask. All I can do is say no. And you might be a little embarrassed, but tuning into intuition, learning how to use your own inner guide to be able to ask at the right time, the right person, can create coincidences that would never exist. The coincidence was there. Lindsay and I were in the same room. We didn't know it, that I could be a helpful person to her. So it didn't manifest until the question was asked. It's not enough to think about wanting to have a psychiatrist as she was doing. She needed to move, and she moved, and she asked. So listen to your own intuition you may come up with something that you need. In a kind of a similar example, but even a little more strange, I'll tell you about Kathy from Dublin, Ohio. And the consequences of this were pretty amazing for my own personal career. It was April 2016. What compelled Kathy to attend an Ohio State University spring football game? Even after she was warned there would be 100,000 people and parking would be a nightmare. She randomly selected gate 18 out of 13 to enter. She started talking to a family of five who were waiting in line in front of her. They had driven to Columbus that night from Virginia to watch a practice game to watch a practice game, 100,000 people, and they drive all that distance just to watch a practice game. And neither parent had graduated from Ohio State, so they weren't big Ohio State fans. They were from Cleveland. 
and they were now living in rural Virginia. Their reason for going, they said, was they wanted their three kids to experience a big college stadium. So there's Kathy talking with them, saying, okay, three kids, they pay five bucks each to get in, but they drive this far to watch the Buckeyes. Maybe there's something else. Here's another instance of a person saying, my intuition is suggesting that there's something I need to act on here. I something I need to act on here. So she asked if they were, were if they were, were from Charlottesville because that's where I live. And they said no. They lived about 90 minutes to the northwest. She explained that she had been having a bunch of weird coincidences and was scheduling an appointment or at least considering it with someone doing coincidence studies. That was when the man said, "Oh, you mean Dr. Bernard Beitman, the Yale-educated psychiatrist studying coincidences. The man had heard me interviewed on the radio. So then his wife said to Kathy, is that another one of your weird coincidences? (laughs) Yes, it was, says Kathy. Gate 18 out of 30, out of 100,000 people. Kathy finds a man from Virginia who knows about me. How does one estimate the low probability of that happening? She took it as a sign to drive from Ohio to Charlottesville to consult me. And she did. And she did. We had three one-and-a-half-hour meetings over three days. We reviewed as many of the coincidences as we could get to. We found that this thing she calls my compels, these things that urge her on to act, these compels have created many coincidences for her. So these compels made her more confident in her intuition because compels arise out of this broad area that we call intuition. We don't really have intuition territory well-defined and part of what I'm trying to do is help you help others know which are the voices that you need to listen to which are the voices from within you those quiet voices that tell you what's true tell you what you need to pay attention to tell you that there's something here for you to pay attention to something for you to act on and Kathy began using her compels more consciously, creating more positive interpersonal relationships than she'd had before. And she made an important decision. She was married to a man who was very narcissistic, who probably has Asperger's. I call people like this Narspergers, a combination of narcissism and Asperger's. And she went through the process painful as it was, to make sure he never came back to the house and never entered her life except minimally afterwards. Here's another example in which a coincidence is created by a person acting on an intuition that leads to a successful outcome. In our next segment, we will go on to discussing how coincidences help with decision-making, how they can help you decide on jobs, on which ideas to, to pursue. As you study coincidences and become more interested in it, please go to my website, coincider.com. Try to Take the weird coincidence survey, very easy to do, and measure your own coincidence sensitivity. Put connecting with coincidence in your search engine and come to my Psychology Today blog and read more about Kathy and coincidence counseling. Look at my YouTube video, which also will be connected to, to connecting with coincidences. Looking in our next segment, it will be you and me and decision-making.
This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. I am Dr. Carl O'Helvey, founder, president of a new cancer foundation focusing on evidence-based physical, mental, and spiritual interventions, including natural cancer cures, prayer, meditation, affirmations, nutrition, and other related holistic cancer prevention and cure modalities. These are used in cancer education, research, and financing care. I ask for your help to continue this important work by donating at www.holisticcancerfoundation.com. Wouldn't you love to know the secret to everything? Well then, meet Dr. Kimberly McGeorge and her cutting-edge breakthrough knowledge that combines science with possibility. Dr. Kimberly brings real-life answers and healing to those open to alternative solutions. She teaches solution-based programs and classes that will change all areas of your life forever. Specializing in conscious creation, intuitive readings, and energy medicine, you can rapidly shift health, relationships, business, and money and abundance challenges quickly. Receive her best-selling book, Secret to Everything, at no cost by going to secrettoeverything.com forward slash xzone. That's right. Transformation can start now. Just go to secrettoeverything.com forward slash Xzone and receive Dr. Kimberly's book for free. What happened in Benghazi is revealed by Nicholas Genix, author of Obama, Islam, and Benghazi. He informs the American people that President Obama deceived them by advocating a strong foreign policy prior to the 2012 presidential election, and Hillary Clinton supported this deception. As the title infers, there is a connection between Obama, Islam, and Benghazi. Ample evidence informs Americans that Obama's early indoctrination in the Quran developed an infinity for Islam, why the Quran is the source of discontent in many countries, and why the Obama foreign policy deception led to poor military action and caused the loss of American lives in Benghazi. Genex provides 36 questions for the Select Committee on Benghazi to validate if Americans are justified to mistrust President Obama and Hillary Clinton. An overview of Obama, Islam, and Benghazi is presented on the website www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. You're listening to the X-Zone Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. Welcome back to Connecting with Coincidence with Dr. Bernie Beitman. That's CC with BB. 
the only radio program in the entire world dedicated to the study and discussion of coincidences, serendipity, and synchronicity. Coincidences are valuable in each of our lives for several reasons. They can help us psychologically, as I discussed in our previous segment, and in this, our last segment, show us how they can help with decision-making. In 1981, Sissy Spacek was trying to make a decision about her future. She had a, an offer to do a role in a coal miner's daughter playing Loretta Lynn. She didn't know whether to play this role or not. Was, was it going to be good for her or not? She didn't want to play somebody that was already uh, still alive. Uh, and she, she was bothered by the fact that Loretta Lynn was going on all kinds of talk shows saying, I'm going to get Sissy Spacek to play me in The Coal Miner's Daughter. Coal Miner's Daughter was the name of one of Loretta's most famous songs and was supposed to be the name of the movie. Some people told Sissy she should take it. Some people said she shouldn't. What was she to do? She and her husband, uh, in a quandary, flew to Washington, D.C. to visit her husband's mother. And they told her, we, didn't know what to, we don't know what to do. Um, how do we decide? There's so many goods and so many bads about this decision. So... She and her husband decided to go for a ride, and they went for a ride in her mother-in-law's car. Now, her mother-in-law was not a fan of country music, which is what Loretta Lynn was the star in. Her mother liked classical music. Well, they got in the car and turned on the radio, and turned on the car and turned, and the radio was on. And the song playing was a coal miner's daughter. At that moment, Sissy and her husband knew they had to do the story. Now, how do you explain that? How do you explain an answer to a question being delivered like that through the radio? Well, there's a probability involved, but this was a classical music station, or at least that's where she thought it was. Somebody queued up the song somewhere. So it had to happen. I mean, it was not that popular a song at that time. It had reached its pinnacle years before. It was still around. So there was a probability that it was going to happen. But you can't explain the rest of it with ordinary conventional reality. You can't really understand how a question that Sissy had was answered in this way by the media, by, in this case, the radio. I don't know how that works, but I've collected many, many other stories about people having questions and they are answered without having to ask them by some form of media. In examining the results of the Weird Coincidence Survey, one of the four most common of the most common coincidences was, I have a question and I have it answered by the media in some form or other, the radio, the internet, television, and in this case, the radio for Sissy. What does this mean? I can't tell you what the mechanism is. I want to know, and I'd be interested if any of you have some answers to this, if you go to my Facebook page, Connecting with Coincidence, and you have some idea about how it is that we can have a question and it's answered by the media. If you have some explanation for me and for the rest of our listeners, I'd like to know. All I can do is suggest that these and other stories tell us that we are much more connected to the media than any one of us would ever think that we are. That in my view, we are 
becoming nodes, fleshy nodes, brain nodes, mind nodes in the vast internet connectivity of which we are becoming more and more a part. We are not disconnected, we are more connected. Now we know that by all the behavior that we do with the internet. I mean, just look around at how many people are squinting into their phones when you look around at them. And how, many, how much time you spend with various media. We are hyper-connected, but that we are actually part of it, that what we think has something to do with what happens with what we receive from the internet or from the radio, that's a new advance. Now, some, some advertisers, of course, tune in to what they think and what they find that we know. And in doing that, they send out ads that they think are tailored to what we're interested in. I'm not talking about advertising. I'm talking about a woman in 1980, Sissy Spacek, having a tremendous need, agitated about a decision. And at a moment when she needed to be able to make a decision, the radio gives her an answer. And that is that is surprising from the normal way we think about reality, from normal understanding of scientific truth. So coincidences with the media like this, questions answered by the media, alert us to connections and understandings that we don't know yet, but we need to understand. And I'm not the only one able to think about these things, which is why I am asking you to email me uh, through Facebook, or you can email me through the email connection on my website, coincider.com. Again, just put connecting with coincidence in your search engine, and you'll come up with either one of them. And let me know how it is you think that this is developing, this ability we are having now to have a question and then have it answered by the media. There are some funny other ways that coincidences involve us. Um, funny in the fact that they're strange. I'll take you back to uh, my football playing days. And one day, one practice day, I put two football dummies down on a on the field, away from where everybody else was practicing. Grabbed the football, put my back to the two dummies, turned back around quickly, grabbed the ball, crouched down, and ran through the two dummies twice, three times, and then went back to practice. Two days later, playing with Johns, playing against Johns Hopkins, the punter finally got off a great punt for Johns Hopkins, and I was the punt returner. And I turned around to catch it over my head and then turned back around to see two Johns Hopkins players running right at me, right next to each other. This looked familiar. I had seen it the day before. I crouched down as I'd done before with the football in my arms and ran straight through them, each one thinking the other was going to grab me, and went 90 yards for a touchdown. Now, how did that happen? I had a precognitive experience that I acted out on the football field, on the practice field, that got repeated two days later uh, in an actual game. We have this ability to intuitively pick up the future and be able to act on it. That practice field experience still stays with me. What made me go over there? What compelled me? What impelled me to be able to walk over to that to those practice dummies, set them up and make that happen and then have it be repeated a couple of days later on the actual field of play. We have abilities and connections that we don't know we know. Coincidences alert us to the mysterious hiding in plain sight. They help us pierce the web of quotidian reality and see, see ideas and experiences that are not yet under common knowledge. Coincidences are ways for us to understand causal connections. 
you want to read more about coincidences, read my book, Connecting with Coincidences. They will show you that that's the stories in that book will show you how coincidences are part of your life, part of everyone's life, that if you become more alert to them, they will be more helpful to you because you will see them, you will study them, you will talk them over with friends, you will come to see that, yes, there are ordinary ways of explaining what goes on in our lives, the ordinary ways of science, like ocular saccades that help pick up information that we don't know that we're picking up, or other brain mechanisms that we don't turn to, instead sometimes looking at more mysterious explanations. But really, curious minds out there in radio land, there is more mystery in coincidences. Those coincidences help us understand the nature of our realities, help us work and play better, and help us function on a wonderful place called the Learning Entertainment Interface. Here at Earth University is Dr. Bernie Beitman signing off from Connecting with Coincidences. Talk to you next week.